Whether opioids in an incredibly long single space page of game instructions, it's pun intensive. And welcome to Pun Intensive. We have a special group of people around the table today. Uh, we're going to start off by introducing them, not to be confused with Balak from Raiders of the Lost Ark, Gary Hallock, John Jacob Guggenheimer Schmidt, David Guggenheim, uh, wine with an Oakley flavor, Brian Oakley, his pet Steve's will make him cranky, Steve Brooks, and me. To Aaron is human, to pun divine, Aaron Vazel. We're going to start off, uh, as usual, with Zinger of the Week. Zinger of the Week! True tales and testaments of the wit and word perpetrated in real life by ours truly. Also, see if you can notice what our punnelists have in common. We're going to start off with Pun Off MC, co-producer of Pun Intensive and producer emeritus of the O. Henry Museum Pun Off, Gary Halleck. I was helping my sister-in-law clean up her living room the other day, and she had a picture that she wanted me to hang for her, and it was a picture of Jesus. It was like this hunk of a, of a Jesus, you know, so so Anglo and so pastoral and everything, and and here he is, just like looking like so buff. And I said, I said, oh man, this this is this going to be real nice to have this Jesus watching over you. This he's so babelicious, and I, and I put it up there, and it was it was hanging a little bit crooked, and uh, and I said, just a minute, it's it's still not straight. And she says, I'm not sure you should be calling Jesus babelicious. And I said, I told you he's still not straight. All right, and Punoff MC, past Punoff winner and current past and almost certainly future producer of O. Henry Museum, Punoff, David Guggenheim. Well, years ago, I was in the uh, audio video business, and a friend of mine who was building a house called me up and said that she needed to go get some uh, speaker wire, that the electrician was coming to run the wires the next day. This was 8 o'clock at night, and the uh, electrician was coming the next day. So I said, okay, I'll go to the store with you, and went to the store, and she asked them, do you have any speaker wire? And they said, yes. How long do you want it? And I said, oh, about three or four pounds. (laughs) (laughs) And Punoff MC and past O. Henry Museum Punoff MVP, Brian Oakley. Would that last one still be funny in Britain? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or the U.S. I've been small lately. <laughs> Texas, Washington. Whenever you hear of a hospital being a teaching hospital, remember that also means a learning hospital. <laughs> Wait, it just doesn't look nearly as good on the billboard. So things happened a little bit wonky, and you correct me as you go, and such was the case last week when a respiratory therapist came over to one of my patients to give them what we call the treatment. The treatment we're going to give was a nebulizer treatment, which opens up the airways. Take a brief sojourn into respiratory ailments. The two we'll be discussing are wheezing. When your airways are tight, your bronchi are tight, the nebulizer opens them up. (laughs) And and another ailment is when you have have edema, when you have fluid, phlegm, mucus uh, in the airway, and that is called a (laughs) bronchi. And a nebulizer w- will not assist with the, with the wrong guy. It won't do any damage. But anyhow, the respiratory therapist came over and said, I'm giving the treatment. I said, I'm not sure this 
um, patient needs that, listen to their lungs, there's no wheezing, but they just had some phlegm. And she says, I'm pretty sure. I said, no, 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 let me tell you, you got the wrong Kai. And that is exactly the response I got from those therapists. <laughs> and Punoff MC and past O. Henry Punoff winner, Steve Brooks. So I have an ex-girlfriend who moved up to Colorado and posted on Facebook a few days ago that she was uh, learning to play trombone. She was buying a trombone and she was going to play it in the ska band. And I posted, I congratulated her and said, for you, the ska's the limit. <laughs> And then there's me, host of Pun Intensive, but also Pun Off MC, and um, well, that's pretty much all I do. Um, I had a conversation at uh, work the other day with some folks. This woman was a little bit confused about who says Mazel Tov. Is it the Russians? <laughs> and I said, no, they just have Mazel Tov cocktails. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, And so with that, we are going to take a very quick break. But when we come back, we're going to partake in call lewd behavior. And we are back. I'm not even going to introduce this. I'm just going to go ahead and toss it to Gary. Gary? Thank you, Aaron. As again, I have arrived with a new game or a new twist on an old game. Of course, all the games are all about punning. This game was somewhat inspired by my favorite punster interview tactic. In that exercise, I offer up a multisyllabic word or phrase that I ask the players to open up their mind to share a stream of consciousness as they go in search of puns that might be hidden between the syllables. I've modified this into a game that we can play with four players at the same time. Uh, it's four players? It, um, four, four players, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you, I was going to let it go. You came, you, came, you came to the wrong party. Uh, <laughs> my game is called When Words Collude. Boom, 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 boom. There is no collusion. And for extra puns, that's win, W-I-N, when words collude. It has setups that are similar to the uh, the thought bubbles exercise, but the cue phrase I will deliver to you silently and simultaneously. I want this exercise to inspire you to reach above and beyond the low-hanging fruit, to show your pluck, as it were, and present us with something worthy of more than just a nod of acceptance from the moderator. And in this case, the moderator is me. And we're going to open up with a single word, potentiometer. Uh, it's also helpful if you know what that word means. It's a variable resistor. It's also helpful if you know what that Var- means. It's a volume control. <laughs> Var- variable resistor, I barely... Okay, and time. All right, do I get to go first? You get to go first. Let's hear what your take is on the uncue potentiometer. In Ireland, a lad and lassie got married, but uh, shortly thereafter, she sued him for false advertising because he was an impotentiometer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and Steve. Did you know that you can actually increase your virility by consuming chia seeds? No, yeah. I didn't know that. You can you can be a potent chia eater. Oh, not bad. 
I came up with the likelihood of securing exclusive rights to an invention. Somewhere on the scale, it gives you, it's the uh, patentiometer. Also came up with the term for uh, a galactic... Wait, is that part of the rules? Used. <laughs> <laughs> Abused. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> also came up with a galactic projectile of insufficient size to cause damage. It's an impotent meteor. <laughs> okay. Or in the category of electronics, an Italian multitester is a polenta ohm meter. Polenta ohm meter. Wow. Oh, wow. Very good. Huh? I, I've got one more. Sure. Oh my God. If All right. You have a medicine man who is being, you know, fed a hallucinogenic liquid that's supposed to induce visions. Well, how do you administer it to them? You use a potion shaman feeder. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Can you can you imagine the audience reacting to these and and the, and the contestant having to explain them? Okay, I'm going to award one point to David on that one. I, I like David's. We're going to go to the next one here. Okay, ready? Letters testamentary. All right. This time we're going to start with Steve because he looks more prepared than anybody. Uh, uh, Steve, what do you come up with on letters testamentary? Letters test elementary school kids. I like now, that. That's good. Very now, straightforward. Now, Brian, clean. now Brian's going to have to scratch another one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Roll to you, David. A, a woman I know got a part-time job in a focus group, and they were uh, trying out new flavors for York candy, and they um, said this new one is pumped full of gas to make it real fluffy. And they told her, well, first, no, 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 that one's new. Don't let her try it. He said, no, 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 let her testament, Ari. All right. Are you ready yet, Brian, or shall we go on there? I am. I, I'm right. writing prose, actually. <laughs> actually, you're writing It's my amateur, my amateur. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's oh, go. attempt at prose. Let's go. Picture, if you will, a street corner. There's a triangular object with stairs for, for climbing. There's a heated piece of bread and a man standing there waiting. Ladders, toast, a man tarries. <laughs> like a, a haiku. Yeah. <laughs> Take a haiku. A shot rang out. Dark and stormy night. All right, Aaron, you're on. There are a lot of examples of this uh, in, in the medical field where, uh, well, so for example, when somebody is, is pregnant, is going to have a baby, you know, they'll, they'll have a, uh, a, a midwife or a doula or, you know, a, some sort of coach. Um, but it turns out that the fertility doctor also has a, uh, a coaching program. Um, that person is called the testy mentor. Testy mentor. That's not anatomically correct. Okay. No, there's a vast uh, difference between the two. All right. All right. All right. While the judges are at it, tallying up the scores, you guys can talk amongst yourselves. But I'm giving I'm giving that one to Brian for the haiku. I love the haiku. So one point to Brian for the haiku. Cue up here now for the next one. Anticipatory grief. Anticipatory grief. Okay, Aaron's going to start this one off. Anticipatory grief. 
Yeah, well, so, you know, um, we, we've heard uh, lately in the news about an awful lot of scams. Uh, of course, the, the, the big one in the news right now, uh, the college admission scam. Well, this is a little bit different. It, it turns out that these guys have figured out a way to find the most anxious people in the world and put them into a party, right? They're making tons of money off of it. The only people getting anything out of it are these uh, moguls at the top. Uh, they call it antsy party greed. Antsy party greed. Yeah. Boy, do you do you think do you think the judges would recognize that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go. Okay. Actually, recently was in Australia, and there, there's uh, already mourning the upcoming and devastating loss of a key ecological and tourist attraction. It's the um, anticipatory Great Barrier Grief. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Steve, you look like you should be ready. Well, there was a conservative member of the House of Commons in the British Parliament who was originally in favor of the Brexit, but he was caught taking a bribe to change his vote to be in, in favor of staying. So the headline uh, after he was caught said, anti-skipping Tory grift. <laughs> All right, and David. Well, you know, uh, Luke Perry died, and he was in a TV show called Beverly Hills 90210. And so was a woman. Her nephews heard that she was quite upset about this. Oh, and they, uh, of course, lived in California. <laughs> of course they did. Yes. So, uh, 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 and they were worried about anti-Pacific Tories' grief. Ah, uh, I get it. I like that, David, but I'm going to take two points off for spelling, spelling error there. I'm going to give that one to Steve. I, I, and for, he, cap, and for cap, capitalizing on the loss of Luke Perry. Yes, <laughs> taking advantage of really, what, really yeah. Yeah, this really really important. Well, another, no, yeah, this is not going to air for another couple of weeks. We'll all be over it by then. <laughs> <laughs> His body's not even lukewarm. <laughs> all right. The keyword that comes up out of your Rolodex is binomial theorem. Let's go, David. <laughs> there, was a, there was this guy that would go to all-you-could-eat buffets and stuff himself and then run out the door without paying. And he wrote a book about it. And that was his binomial theorem. Nice. Thank That's you, David. Nice. Does, does anybody good. else need to go, or is that the same one everybody else got? Nope, no, not even close. Right. Okay, different one. All right, let's go, Steve. Well, I am a big fan of barbecue. You know, always looking for good barbecue wood, oak, mesquite, pecan. So whenever I see someone is pruning an oak tree or a pecan tree, I will walk up to them and I will offer to buy numerous tree limbs. Mm. Ooh, my <laughs> numerous tree limbs. All right. And Aaron? Well, you know, um, there are an awful lot of people in this world that have various uh, food allergies. Uh, like, like Steve uh, just told us that he has uh, an allergy to nuts. Um, but I hang around with you all anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, th there's actually a, a malady out there with an allergy to 
basically all white foods. Uh, the good news is that they have come up with a cure for that. It's just an injection, basically. Uh, it is an albino meal serum. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. <laughs> well, well. All right. Tiebreaker from, from <clears throat> Brian. Let's go. Charlie's Angles. <laughs> okay, you win. <laughs> By no means, Theron. <laughs> and Aaron was just about to get one too. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought, I thought we were all coming up with the Charlie's angles. And the, no. I thought we were all doing binomial. Yeah. <laughs> now we got to go to the tiebreaker. Your cue word is continental drift. Time is up, pins down. Steve looks readiest. Let's go with Steve. Well, you know, Grandpa's been getting on in years, and we finally yeah, had to start putting depends on him because he was suffering from <laughs> incontinental drips. <laughs> uh, actually, I was going to do with inter incontinental drifter. The two types of people you don't want to pick up while hitchhiking. <laughs> All right. Again, in the news, the Sackler family, they're the family who uh, make OxyContin. I thought they invented recycling. All right. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, in the news, we have the Sackler family. They're the people who make that opioid that uh, has been, you know, again, in the news. The idea is that uh, they made some very, very poor judgments in uh, uh, marketing this product. It was OxyContin Mental Drift. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to take that. <laughs> you know, there was a guy who had uh, been in prison for many, many years, and he'd gotten old, and his false teeth no longer fit. So it was a constantal drift. <laughs> I'm going with the um, the uh, the microbrewery. Um, not quite there yet. I've got I've got countamental draft. <laughs> <laughs> well, who needs now, who needs a setup when now, you just have a punchline? Now, 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 would you as an MC accept that <laughs> no! as countamental? Con but did you know that the brew pub we down go. the street Fixing has it. a new beer that nobody knows what it is yet? Yeah, it's it's supposed to be you know the cat's pajamas, but nobody knows what it is yet. It's a it's a confidential draft. I I thought for sure somebody was in, was going to go with like Tokyo Drift and Continental Drift and driving the Lincoln Continental or something like that. I'm going to give that round to Aaron. Yes, who yes! finally finally came up with yes! one here, which means then that the score is David one, Steve one, Aaron one, and Brian two, which means Brian one. We're, we're going to take a break, uh, uh, but after this, we will disswear, I mean, discuss a special event coming up in just a few weeks.
And we are back. Today we're going to have a discretion. Well, see, we're very lucky because we have five O. Henry Punoff in Austin MCs <laughs> sitting around the table. World uh, championships. And those of you listening who are probably going to be in the contest might be wanting to get some insider tips on how to do well. So I'm just going to go ahead and open up to the group. Uh, what what do you wish you had known the first time you entered the O. Henry Punoff? I'll step in actually that. <laughs> I, I tied for third in my first go-round. I came prepared to compete, but I wasn't mentally prepared to win. And it came down to the time where I might be able to take on the, uh, the current champion and mentally wasn't prepared to win. And that's something... That would have changed things for me. I, I can say 100% that, uh, me personally that uh, I, I usually get taken down in the second round. And um, it's, it's, it's more about confidence. I mean, I mean it's yes. more about the, the, the person I am against is somebody that I know always wins the second or third round. And, and I just walk in there handicapping myself. Yeah. For example, in the second round, I ended up against Ben Zeke, who at that point had won pretty much everything for 10 years, right? And, okay, maybe not quite that long. But the point is, he was he was the champion. And I choked. I, you know, I mean, we, we went pretty long into whatever the topic was. And I eventually choked. Because it's Ben Zeke. I mean, I'm not going to win, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then right. I talked to him later, and he said, I was just about to give up. I was just about to give up. If you had said one more thing, you would have won. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I could have. I could have easily come up with something. And that but brings just... up a valid point. You get asked, what does it take to win punchlingers? And there's a lot of strategies. There's mm-hmm. a lot of mindsets, a lot of skill sets. <clears throat> but the answer is, one more pun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. When Steve and I were going back and forth doing punchlingers here on the podcast, mm-hmm. I went down on strikes. And the thing is, is that the reason I went down on strikes was I used, well, that's how the main way you get a strike is by using a uh, word, punning on a word that's already been punned upon. And the thing is, is that uh, what I should have done and thinking back to days of competition, is if you have a pun that you can't wait to use, just use it. Don't keep saving it because if your uh, opponent uses it, it does one of two things. Either you're going to get a strike for reusing it or it's going to kind of take the wind out of your sails because mm. that was the one you were going to use next and mm. suddenly you're standing there without a pun. Yeah. And now, that's, that's a perfect lead in, David, because I'm going to give exactly the opposite piece of advice (laughs) all right steve brooks what's that advice well in in my days of competition i tried very hard to store up a few cues ahead Hmm. yes so that number one if you know i got caught empty-headed and i couldn't think of a cue i could pull out one of these cues i Mm -hmm. I had stored up and, and make a pun on that while i try to get back into the game but more important when you know, I see my opponent starting to falter, you know, starting to stammer, starting to stall. And then finally he squeezes out, you know, a, you know, a pretty, you know, lame and desperate pun. Then I can immediately pull out one of those cues and hit him yeah. back with it. Yeah. And, Take him by surprise and, and then, then it's then his he, turn again. Yeah, it's his turn again. And... And while he's stammering and stalling, I'm, I'm thinking of more cues, too. So, you know, he goes down pretty fast. That's, that is, yeah, yeah that, 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 that's that, really good. That, that's that, deep. that never worked for me. 
Because when I did that, when I had a uh, an opponent who was really just trying to squeeze out a pun and was having a hard time coming up with one and just barely gets it out, and then I just had a bang, quick comeback, mm-hmm. I found it was kind of like something I learned many years ago when I played competitive tennis. That was the harder I hit the ball, the harder it's coming back at me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can, you can sort of energize your opponent by, by coming back faster, yes. and you, you force him to become a little faster, too. Yes. Another related tactic, my, my advice is kind of the opposite of David's, is that I try to hang on to my cues so that I'll have them in reserve when I need them. And one of the ways I try to you know, hang on to a cue is actually listening to the pun that my opponent makes mm-hmm. and seeing if a follow-up pun just mm-hmm. you know pops immediately yes. into my head. Yes, that, that to me is the reaction pun. Yeah. And by listening to your opponent, a lot of times you will get cues from your opponent yes, that you will. they mm-hmm. didn't know they were giving you. And that's another thing. There's so many things going on in your head at the time that you're yeah. on stage during pun slingers where uh, you're listening to your opponent for those cues that you don't know he or she is giving you. Mm -hmm. You are listening for words to make sure that you don't use them again and get a strike. You're going through the Rolodex of your mind. You're multitasking. Yes. And scientists have shown over and over people are actually incapable of multitasking. Mm -hmm. There really is no such thing. The human mind can actually only think along one train of thought at one time so i think what we've learned here is uh whosoever advice you listen to might be wrong They're, well yeah it also depends on who your opponent is too because like david's uh experience with the, with the other opponent that was that particular opponent but another opponent w- might respond differently well uh, that and also we we're talking before about um um confidence yeah. i've sometimes done the worst when i had the most confidence I remember my very first pun-off. Um, friends were telling me about the pun-off, and I had never been to it, saying, oh, man, you got to go to this. You'd win so easily. Oh, you're the best punster I know. And it was just like the first time I entered a table tennis tournament at the University of Texas, just because I could beat anybody in my high school. I came up here to UT, <laughs> and suddenly <laughs> I was... That yeah, really know, ping-ponged on you. <laughs> yes. Really. And suddenly I was against other potential the world champion punsters, <laughs> and they were every bit as good, if not better, than I was. Well, one thing I, that you almost touched on there was about responding to your, uh, your opponent's cue. One of my favorite things to watch, and one of the most entertaining types of volley to watch, is when two people kind of turn it into a conversation yeah, where you're dialogue. where you're you're responding to the other guy and you're also kind of turning it into a a, a dissing sort of thing like yeah. well you you know you you can do this but I can do that or whatever and yeah. then you're forcing him to reply to you you're mm-hmm. you, you don't really force him of course but you are pressuring you are ma- you're pressuring him to to interact with you and it takes him off of his his cue list or whatever it is mm-hmm. that he wants to do in his brain because he's responding to you and turning it into a conversation mm-hmm. I recognize yeah. you talking about i don't think i used it as well i used it more in the sense of you know trying to save my keywords so keeping the conversation going how about you like now well okay so so brian you know you know what i'm talking about though do you, absolutely do, and that you, is what really i believe a lot of people come to the pun off for and punch slingers is that head-to-head heat of the moment back and forth 
chess game, sword play, fisticuffs, yeah. back and, and forth like, playing it's of like each other. It's like a slam. Then it becomes it like is. a slam. It's yeah. personal. And it also becomes somewhat difficult to judge because someone will say something that's a play on words, not a pun. Yeah. And we have to step in amidst the yeah. audience's roar and slow it down to tell them, hey, that's not a pun. Unless, of course, the opponent responds, jabs yeah. back, and accepts it. But it is most... It really is the times I think this is fun when I'm at the event is when that magic happens. Yeah, this is all really great food for thought. And to do well in the contest, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to play one of the two most popular games at the O. Henry Punoff. I love the way he says one of the two most popular games. We're back. We're going to do uh, a couple of quick rounds of pun slayers. Uh, I'm going to give a topic, and these two gentlemen will go head to head. The topic is weather. I don't know whether or not we're going to be able to do this topic. Well, one of us used to be a reigning champion. Well, three of <laughs> three of us used to be reigning champions, but you know, you know what they say: three's a cloud. I'm sorry, I've forgotten um, what I should say next. Well, if you think of another one, do point it out. I'm having a hard time uh, grappling with this. I, you know, I did never change over to the metric system. I can't bear metric pressure. Well, it seems like the sleets I can do. <laughs> I drove through a fog bank the other day and, uh, and ended up with a, uh, an occluded front on my car. What? An occluded front. Hmm. I drove through a fog bank. <laughs> it was a drive-through fog bank. What counts in this competition is how many, uh, not how many points we get for individual puns, but what they add up to. It's really the, the cumulus points that count. Yeah. Speaking of my car, I broke my windshield the other day. Well, you know, I'm... I'm Vegetarian now, but I, uh, you know, used to be uh, meteorological. <laughs> you know how I broke my wind chill? <laughs> all, all, all hail broke loose. <laughs> hey, it's no joke. Well, it was the sleeps I could do. You used <laughs> oh, zing. Uh, so, uh, you know where it rains the most in California? Torrents. Um, I'm afraid if I. You know, tally, dare, without tarry too long, I might run drought of time. No, if it rains a lot, you can have a good time over at the nunnery. You can do some inundating. Inundating. Uh, I'm going to be, uh, I think I'm going to be grilling some prime cuts of beef uh, for dinner tomorrow night. Um, so I'm going to go shopping for some tornadoes. Well, the, uh, you wouldn't be under a, under a lot of low pressure, would you? I'm sorry, the pressure is all mine. Okay. Yeah, we <laughs> fixed. fixed it. That so that that's not a strike? Yeah, we're getting him a strike. It's a strike and a punch. Okay. And a punch. In, in the actual right. punch slingers, we let people fix puns in the first round. In the first right. round, yes. You guys did your first round in 74, so <laughs> <laughs> strike. I saw this 
very large water bird and he was flying very slowly and I thought that he should you know, pick up the pace a little bit so I said hurry crane <clears throat> I got some black ice last winter and uh, and uh, who punched you <laughs> <laughs> no they beat the sheet out of, out of me <laughs> the sheet ice yeah. oh I admire you Gary, because you have such a nimbus mind. If you go to a doctor to get your prostate checked and he's really overweight, is he a meteorologist? Used. Used. Okay, that's, that's, I'm strikes. down on three strikes in. Yes. Oh, and so right. the reigning champion, <laughs> reigning. Can yeah. I say one more? Yes. Yeah. Hey, Cirrus. Okay. <laughs> and we have a winner. Uh, um, do I get a precipitation trophy? <laughs> uh, no, just a horse's ass. Right. We're going to take a real quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have as much fun as a root canal. Real quickly, Punoff is coming up in just a couple of weeks on May 11th, 2019 in Austin, Texas. If you have any specific questions about it, go to punoff.com and you will almost certainly find the answers. Our music comes from uh, the band Dark Meat. Please rate us on iTunes. We could really use the boost in visibility. Uh, anyone here want to give a personal plug? Any, any, uh, anyone performing or doing anything special in I the public? I have a very impersonal plug. I mentioned last week that, of course, we have the... P-U-N-Y, Punster United Nearly Yearly Potty Dinner, P-O-T-Y, Punster of the Year Dinner, at uh, the same exact place as the pun-off. It's on the Friday night, the 10th of May, before the pun-off. But then after the pun-off, after everything is said and done, and I packed the stage up and put everything in the back of my truck, we all gather together at an after-party and have more pun and games at an after-party pub somewhere nearby. So uh, save some time. Don't go visit your relatives. Don't go visit the state capitol. Don't go visit the museums or anything else. Just spend your entire weekend, Friday and Saturday, hanging around in Austin, punning with the punsters. So it'll, all that information will be on the website, punpunpun.com or punoff.com. Uh, and uh, if you, even if you're not registered as a contestant, come on down and have some fun with us. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Steve Brooks, uh, do you have a website? www.stevebrooks.net and as a matter of fact on my website I have a whole page that's devoted to uh, the O. Henry Punoff and I have the texts of all four of my world championship uh, punniests of show oh that's great that's that's devoted because the Russian hackers got in there and devoted it and you mentioned that you're doing a show, you're going to be the entertainment at your own 60th birthday party. Yes, it's kind of like being the uh, you know, the entertainer at your own wake, but uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to be turning 60 uh, in May, and on the first Friday in May, May, May 3rd, I'm, I might as well celebrate because the alternative is worse. So I'm going to be uh, uh, so when putting and where? on a birthday show at the New World Deli at the corner of 41st in, in Guadalupe. So, we are ready for sage advice. Are you afraid of the dentist? Well, fear no more. Just listen to the advice from our panelists. I'm going to start. It turns out it's easier to get to Israel from Lebanon than we ever thought. All you need to do is dig a Beirut canal. And Gary Halleck. 
Oh, well, if you're not like the guru who was willing to transcend dental medication, I, I've got your number. I've got your number. I've got your number right here. It's, it comes from Mexico. It's a, it's a Mexican walking stick. It's called a Novocaine. Uh, it doesn't go anywhere. Light no a cane to stand actually, that. And Steve Brooks. Well, you want to uh, find a dentist who has actually been to dental school and has been trained <laughs> in how to do a molar investigation. <laughs> but uh, I had a dentist once uh-huh. who no advised me that uh, if I was diligent about brushing my teeth every day and flossing, that there was just a chance that I could defy the laws of cavity. (laughs) And David Guggenheim. Well, if uh, they do dig a Beirut canal in your mouth, make sure you stop the bleeding with some gauze strips. (laughs) And Brian Oakley? If you've lost all your natural teeth, don't let implants keep you from starting a game of tennis or volleyball. Indentures, serve it, dude. <laughs> and I'm Aaron Faisal signing off with the catchphrase. We will see you next week. Root canal.